This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 1, Episode 16, The M Triangle. One of the most mysterious places in the world exists in an area just 600 miles from Moscow in the Russian Federation. The M Triangle, as it has been labeled, is a small area of land, only 44 square miles, in the Ural Mountains that is known for strange phenomenon and abnormal manifestations that has held the interests of the Russian scientists and the KGB since the 1950s. Witnesses claim to see glowing balls of light, saucer-shaped UFOs, strange objects and letters and numbers appearing in the sky. On ground level, they encounter translucent beings, hear ghostly sounds, experience missing time, experience strange magnetic effects, and mentally become more aware and open to the universe. There are also claims that when someone visits the region, they sometimes return with extraordinary abilities and even superpowers. One notable example of acquiring extraordinary powers is the journalist and cosmonaut Pavel Mokhortov. Discharged from the army for health reasons, he later found work as a journalist. Whilst reporting for a newspaper, he began to read more and more about the strange powers associated with the M Triangle and decided to visit the place for himself. Apparently, the area was already the focus of a KGB investigation, and this strengthened his resolve to find out the facts for himself. What he discovered was a remote and isolated area that immediately felt strange and eerie. Some of his group quickly became ill, and Pavel himself felt overcome by wild emotions. Photos of strange flying objects were taken, and upon returning to Moscow, Pavel felt changed. He believed he had been filled with great knowledge concerning aerospace physics, and a short time afterwards he admitted to the Soviet space program and was recruited as a cosmonaut. He believes the M Triangle completely changed his life and believes it gave him abilities beyond his wildest expectations. Emil Bukhuren, an author and researcher, indicated in his first visit to the M Triangle that his research team had encountered a strange energy source and were chased into the surrounding woods by a translucent light that exuded heat. As a result, several members of his group received serious burns. Later, a glowing object stunned one of the research group, and one of the men was so disturbed by the area that he later committed suicide. Bukharin claims that UFOs are frequently seen in the area, either flying by or landing, leaving behind areas of increased radiation. For over a hundred years, locals have reported highly strange sightings. It is known that under the Soviet regime, Several expeditions were sent to the M Triangle, but exactly for what purpose and what they found is not widely known. The citizens of the nearest town say that the lights in the sky come in many shapes and sizes, and sometimes they just pass through, but sometimes they reportedly levitate or hover for several minutes, sometimes even hours. Speculation amongst some UFO enthusiasts suggests that perhaps the former presence of uranium in the mineral-rich mountains in the area may be acting as some type of UFO magnet, or perhaps this is even causing mass hallucinations. 
Valery Yakomov is a UFO researcher from the area and explains in the late 1960s he used to spend a lot of time in the village nearby where his grandmother lived. From his early childhood, he remembers some places that adults tried to avoid. They forbade children to visit the forest, explaining it by a presence of some kind of evil. Later, exploring those places, he felt the unknown world there, he says, and observed UFOs of different shapes and sizes. He says, I had my first meeting with the unknown world in the summer of 1970. Gathering raspberries, I did not notice that I had left other kids far behind and found a bush with very big berries on it. I got a can full of raspberries there and started eating the sweet berries. Suddenly I felt something was very wrong. There was a feeling of doom that covered all over me and everything around me stood still. There was no wind, no movement in the air, silence, and a definite presence of someone invisible. For the first few minutes I was interested and the berries were very good, but then the silence and some kind of a dead atmosphere around me made me feel horrified and I ran away in panic. Experienced feelings were so strong that I ran without stopping and I had lost my can with the berries in it. My grandmother calmed me down, saying that it was a bear that scared me. Many years had passed since then, but I perfectly remember this feeling of doom that was over me. In 1991, my mother went to the village for a vacation. She told me that she got into the zone of silence when gathering berries. Being there, she felt that she was observed and got scared. I found out this place was on the same spot where it had been under the doom in my childhood. My first research expedition in M-Zone was in the autumn of 1989. I must say I am a sensible person and I think that even very strong and unusual feelings should always be confirmed by some material evidence. I'll tell you about my first impressions. I had been here often in my childhood. I knew the nature around the place pretty well. But in M-Zone, another world was clearly felt. There was a feeling that I had come home and walked in my own garden. Just about everybody had the same perceptions of the place. I had a feeling of patience and love in my soul. I got over our vanity of life and I looked at it from a side. I saw answers for questions that tormented me. And the most important, I understood it was a normal condition of the people's soul. My strongest impression from the first visit to M-Zone was a meeting with a black man. On the third night, my friend and I went to show M-Zone to several newcomers. I took them to the spot where the feelings of the presence of the unknown world was especially strong. I suggested to divide into groups and walk part of the way, about a kilometer, one by one. My friend left first, I left in 10 minutes. Others were supposed to leave in the next 10 minutes and so forth. It was a moonlit night, and I could see the woodish way, strewn with leaves, perfectly. I came down a small ravine, and suddenly something made me look up. In two steps, I saw a man three meters in height, and he was black, non-transparent. I cannot say for how long I was in horror, stricken looking at him, but I found myself running with a small lantern down ten meters of that ravine. In several minutes, I caught up with my friend who was waiting for me in the meadow. 
He was absolutely astounded by my story. He saw nothing. Others report seeing nothing unusual as well, but other groups came to the M zone also to do their own investigations. An unacquainted girl came to me and said that she had seen a little green man of about one to one and a half meters in height in the meadow. He walked by her side for a while and then touched her. She felt a burn during that touch. When she told me where that meadow was, it appeared to be the place where I saw what I describe as the black man. She saw a little green man in the daylight. She also was walking with a group and suddenly saw someone walking beside her at about three to five meters distance. Then she soon was left behind by the group and in that moment when she felt something again, she turned around and saw the little green man that looked like a child. The girl looked at him for some time. Then the little green man came closer and touched her hand. The girl felt her skin burned and she got scared and ran away without looking back. I asked her if she had told anybody else about this meeting. She answered that she did not want to tell anybody. When I asked why she had come to me, she said she did not know herself. She was afraid somehow and something drew her to me. So then I told her about my experience with what I described as the black man. Later, we went to that meadow again. We were not afraid. We had a feeling of peace and calmness, of a native home, of something close and kind that we could feel with our souls but could not see. Only the next day, I was questioned about what I had seen. Nikolai Sobotin, one of the organizers of the Perm Ufology Conference, says that he has encountered many strange phenomena. For example, he says, take the effect of the frozen sound, as we call it. He says, it happens as follows. You sit near a fire and hear a tractor coming. You wait for it to come into view, but it never does and the sound subsides. Some phenomena cause inexplicable fear when you walk along a path and suddenly you get overwhelmed as if infrasound or some other thing affecting your brain. You can come to the same place on purpose the next day and nothing happens. There must be something there, he says, either of the electromagnetic nature or some invisible objects, indeed. The site was considered of high interest for those in the military and space exploration. We are presently standing at the Cosmonaut Training Center of Russia. It is where all the cosmonauts are still trained, even today. Some of the training includes the proper protocol in cosmonauts dealing with UFOs. As a colonel, I used to be a terrible skeptic, but when I see the government programs dealing with UFOs, I can't ignore this evidence. I've seen photos pilots have taken of saucers attacking planes. We're also now aware of recurring landing sites. I have absolutely no doubt that UFOs exist. It is impossible that in a universe this large, that's expanding so quickly with new stars and planets being formed, that we are a unique planet that sustains life. Off the record, a few scientists involved in the Russian military have a different explanation for the extraordinary phenomenon that happens at the M-Triangle. They claim that psychotronic and electromagnetic weapons are to blame for the mass sightings and experiences. Research in electromagnetic weapons has been secretly carried out in the United States and Russia since the 1950s, and that previous research has shown that low-frequency waves or beams can affect brain cells, alter psychological states, 
and make it possible to transmit suggestions and commands directly into someone's thought processes. The Washington Post reported in 2002, the Air Force Research Laboratory patented a weapon technology. They use microwaves to send words into someone's head. Rich Garcia, a spokesman for the Research Laboratory's Direct Energy Doctorate, declined to discuss that patent, our current or related research in the field with the Post, citing the lab's policy not to comment on its microwave work. In response to a Freedom of Information Act request filed, the Air Force released unclassified documents surrounding a 2002 patent, records that note that the patent was based on human experimentation in October of 1994 at the Air Force lab, where scientists were able to transmit phrases into the heads of human subjects. Research appeared to continue. Where this work has gone since is unclear. The research laboratory, citing classification, refused to discuss it or release any other materials. Sounds like science fiction, but it's not. Competing with the US during the arms race, the Soviet Union put extensive efforts into unconventional research seeking to outflank its rival in understanding behavior control, remote influencing, and parapsychology. The survey, published by Cornell University Library, is based on open scientific and journalistic materials and provides an overview of unconventional research into the USSR and then its successor, Russia, in the period between 1917 and 2003, as compared to the United States. The report by Serge Kernbach showed that unconventional weapons took the scientists in both countries to areas bordering sci-fi, which nowadays would be seen in TV programs featuring UFOs, the supernatural, and superpowers. Due to the Iron Curtain, the Soviet and American scientists knew little about each other's secret work. Still, they focused on the same themes. In the Soviet Union, among the areas of particular interest were, for instance, quote, the impact of weak and strong electromagnetic emissions on biological objects, quantum entanglement in macroscopic systems, non-local signal transmission based on the Amoronov bomb effect, and human operator phenomenon. Soviet scientists were developing a field they dubbed psychotronics. The country spent between 0.5 to $1 billion on research for this phenomenon alone. Even though Kernbach, who studied this at the Research Center of Advanced Robotics and Environmental Science in Stuttgart, Germany, most of the psychotronic research, even those launched decades ago, have still not officially been released to the public or published. As early as the 1960s, the Soviet Union was actively researching the influence of electromagnetic fields on human physiological and psychological conditions. Several authors point to the application of research results in the form of a new weapon in the U.S. and the Soviet Union. Quote, Over the past years, U.S. researchers have confirmed the possibility of affecting functions of the nervous system by weak electromagnetic fields, or EMFs, as it was previously said by Soviet researchers. EMFs may cause acoustic hallucinations, also known as radio sounds, and reduce the sensitivity of humans and animals to some other stimuli. 
to change the activity of the brain, to break the processes of formation process and information storage in the brain. Basically, you can be start to forget things. These non-specific changes in the central nervous system can serve as a basis for studying the possibility of direct influence of EMFs on specific functions of CNS. This article is in the science journal NAKU from 1982. Could the M triangle simply be a testing ground for new weaponry? Or is there a more simple explanation to the entire phenomenon? Tourists. It is estimated that nearly 250,000 people visit the area of Perm each year, and many of them are interested in the M triangle area. In 2008, a $5 million UFO sanctuary was drawn up in the nearby town of Molukka. Here, an alien statue was erected along with a UFO museum and observatory. The marketing material suggests that UFO hunters will be able to afford a $50 night stay in a comfortable cabin, and that it is much cheaper than renting a room in the United States inside Area 51. Yes, this is how crazy it gets. The Perm Region Minister of Trade says Mulubka is a famous and popular place with its rich history. It would be inefficient not to use this town as a tourist attraction. People will keep on visiting Mulubka, whether we like it or not. Every year, 450,000 tourists visit for the Perm region, half heading for abnormal zone M. But before the tourists came and the energy healers sold crystals in local shops, locals experienced strange goings on. There are literally thousands upon thousands of reports of sightings of UFOs in the skies near the M Triangle. The reports date back hundreds of years, which would dismiss the weapon testing theory. UFO researchers in Russia are now visiting the M Triangle, documenting the evidence and analyzing different zones within Russia. The research into the M Triangle is ongoing, and still, to this day, the M Triangle remains an unsolved mystery of the world. Join us on our next episode where we discuss the world's most haunted forest, which has a lot of parallels to the M Triangle. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And also join us on our Facebook page for photos, videos, and much more. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time.